We hear in the first reading today that God is holy, and indeed He is. And all the people who are with covenant with God are required, are called to be holy as well. So folks, that's us. Through our baptism, we are linked, connect. We are part of this covenant. And we are called to be holy because God is holy. And any one of us are holy not because of our own power or because we can do, but we are called to be holy because we are in a relationship with God. And, you know, if you try to understand what the holiness of God means, probably you're not going to understand. Because God's holiness is beyond our grasp. We cannot understand but we are not necessarily called to understand. We are called to live. We are called to, because we belong to God, to have our lives modeled after God. And you know, sometimes we can say, you know, I am holy in this, in this, in this area of my life. But you, that area, don't even get close. We can't. Holiness is all-inclusive. You either are holy or you're not. Now I'm talking about the struggles that we all have and we all going to have. But we are holy or we are not. You know, it's kind of, you know, when you get to heaven, you know, the gates to heaven, you can really, you cannot really kind of like, let's talk about this, Jesus, you know, kind of, so here, let's, no. You have to talk about it beforehand. Holiness is all inclusive. And we are called to be holy in community. And we need a couple of things to be holy. We have to have integrity. We have to be, have honesty. You have to have faithfulness to one another. That's how we are called to be holy. And we are called to be holy also to refrain all hate from our hearts. Once again, in the gospel we hear, last week we heard that, Jesus taking the bar higher. You know, we heard, you know, next week we heard, you know, you heard this, but I give you something else. And this kind of the same thing that happened in the gospel today. So for the Jews, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, it was being really good. It was being a human justice. You know, because what happened was, you know, if you do something bad to me, I would do more than you did to me. So it, it, it kind of never ended because you did more and then I go in back, back and forth and do more and more and more and more. So in Jesus' times, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, it was something good. At least, you know, and nobody would go beyond that. You know, if you, you know, if you kill my mother, I will kill your mother. Be good. I mean, not really, but you know, that's kind of how that was, you know, you cannot kill your, my mother and my sister, and, you know, because that's not an eye for an eye or two for a tooth. So that was kind of a justice, if you can call this, you know, all the revenge was kind of put it away. So if you did, the, you know, if you cut out my hand, I would cut your hand and we good. But Jesus is calling us to be generous, like we heard today. To give not only your tunic, but your cloth. To go beyond. And something about that whole thing about, you know, uh, what is that? 
If somebody, what is that? If someone is trying your right cheek, turn oh, the other one as well. And it's pretty good. I was doing some study this afternoon, you know. If you don't like somebody or if it is a strange, you kind of hit the person with the back of your hand. If it is somebody strange or somebody subordinate to you. But if somebody, if somebody is an equal or like a brother, you see, you, you know, you hit with the, with the palm of your hand. Now you are always scholars of the law because you know that. So that whole thing, you know, if somebody hit your cheek, you offer the other one. Why? Because you go slap on one time and then you go slap on the other time with the palm of your hand. Mean that you are equal to that person. That's why God asks us to give the other. Because I become equal to that person. You know, in the Jesus' time, the Roman soldier can ask you to take their gear for one mile. But Jesus said, don't do only one. You too. Why is that? Because by law, by Roman law, you were obliged to do one mile. And after one mile, you just, you know, throw this stuff. But then when you do the second mile, you do it because you won. You do it because you are generous. Jesus says, give what they asked, but don't stop there. Give it more. Be generous. Surprise people. Do it. I think everybody, each one of us have experienced that. You know, somebody, especially those people who are harder for us to love, when you do something nice to them, they're like, oh, you did that? Yeah, surprise them. Do it. Be kind. And then, you know, Jesus come and talk about, you know, love your enemy. And as we know, there are three kinds of love. The passion love, they call the eros. The friendship love, it's called philia. And the volition love, that is called agape. And probably you don't know what that word means, and I didn't either. So I Google it. It's the faculty or power of using one's will. That is the love that Jesus calls us to live. I don't like you, but I decide through my will to love you. Maybe I still don't like you, but with my will, with my power, I will wish, wish what is best for you. Does it make sense? And that's crazy. But that's the love that Jesus invites us to love. I don't like you, and I still don't like you. But I will do whatever is best for you. There is a person that, you know, I had some problems with him. And, you know, and he was making fun of me one time. And I was like, in the situation, I said, you know what? Even if you were in the hospital dying, I would go there and I would anoint you. Probably I would not give him the, you know, the apostolic part. No, just kidding. But, you know. <laughs> But I will go there and I will anoint you. Because even though that I don't like you, I love you. I use my will to love you. We are called 
to love not only our neighbors, like Jesus said in the gospel. What, what profit that is? Even the tax collectors do that. We are called to be different. We are called to love even our enemies. We are called to love the way that Jesus loves us. We are called to love the way that God loves us. And how is that love? Until the end. Love even those who don't love us back. Because if we just love those who love us back, what profit we have? Even the sinners, the pagans do that. We are called to be different. And by now you say, you have no idea, Father. I cannot do that. Yes, you cannot. You are right. Because all this is work of the Spirit. Like St. Paul says today, the wisdom of this word tells us the opposite. But the wisdom of God, I'm sorry, the wisdom of, of God tells us to do the opposite because the wisdom of this word is foolish. We are called to be different. And then the last phrase of the last uh, verse of the gospel, so be perfect, just as, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. That's crazy. Jesus just kind of, I don't know what he had that day, whatever. It's crazy. Do you know me, Jesus? Do you know how am I? Yes, he does because he created you. So, yes. So, when we say that be, and Jesus tells us to be perfect as the Father is perfect, be in the likeness of God's mercy. It is a call to each one of us to be just like God. Christians are to be different in the way that God is different. This is how we approximate to his own perfection. Let's say this again. Christians are to be perfect in the way that God is perfect. Christians are to be different in the way that God is different. This is how we, you and I, get close to his own perfection. We can't do this by our own force. That's why we have to pray. We can't do this with our own power. Yes, you're right, we can't. But we know the one who can change everything in our lives. We know the one who loved us first, even when we don't deserve to be loved. And he showed us the example on how to love. Does anybody know what happened next Wednesday? Ash Wednesday. From now to Wednesday is a time for each one of us to be thinking about what we're going to do for Lent. Ready know what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep the speed limit. It's hard. I do every year. What, what, what are we going to do for Lent? You know, we have to think right now. Because Wednesday, when Wednesday comes, we already have to know and keep going. We know that the church invites us to do almsgiving, fasting, and 
prayer. But how are we going to do almsgiving? How are we going to fast and how are we going to pray? We know that Ash Wednesday we're not supposed to eat meat and we're supposed to fast. Awesome. That one is an easy one. We already know what to do. But how are we fasting, you know, in every uh, Friday over land, we're not supposed to eat meat, we're supposed to abstain from meat as well. And the cool thing about this, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what age you are. The fasting goes from 16 to 59. But we're all supposed to abstain from meat. So whatever they told you, they are lying. We're all supposed to. And you know what? Belmont Cafe is going to be awesome on Wednesday because all the juicy meat and all that, we always end up in meat food. But anyways, it's going to be there. Temptation is going to be there. But it's up to each one of us to decide to follow what we have to follow. Does that make sense? And then what are those things that we're going to be doing throughout Lent? What are those things that we're going to be, how we're going to be fasting, how we're going to be praying, and how we're going to be giving alms throughout Lent. That's a great opportunity for us, each one of us, to think about this the next couple of days. Because when Wednesday comes, we're ready to go to the desert with Jesus. And through that journey, when uh, Saturday, Holy Saturday comes, we're ready to rise with Him. 